0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roar Lions Radio. This is your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I am your only normal host from Roar Lions Roar tonight because I will not be joined by my normal co-host, Bill DeFilippo, and there's a very good reason for that, because as many of you may recall, a few weeks back, Bill actually did a solo podcast without me with Bill Connolly of SB Nation and Football Outsiders, and I was a little upset that I was not able to be on that podcast. So in retaliation, I decided to grab ownership of the podcast this week all for myself and got my very own special guest to join me. You've heard his voice here before. You've heard his voice weekly on the Solid Verbal, the fantastic college football podcast that you should absolutely be listening to. And he's back here yet again to share his thoughts and most importantly, feelings on Penn State football. That would be Mr. Ty Hildenbrandt. Ty, how are you doing tonight? Nick! What's up? Oh, it's it's so great to have you back on.
1: It's great to be back. Thank you. Thank you for the invite on a big Penn State football weekend. Say Very the least. Big.
0: Very big. It's I know um one of our other editors, Matt, wrote about this this morning, but it even though Penn State's had game day before, they've had big games before, this is like this just feels bigger.
1: Well, it feels bigger because I think expectations are higher now than they were a year ago. Uh yeah penn state's up to what two in the country Mm -hmm. in the ap poll a big night game the whiteouts already been declared game day in town heisman trophy caliber running back yeah there's a lot more i think that we can stack onto this equation than we could you know in any time in my recent memory to say the least so yeah there's good reason to be excited
0: and not only is it a whiteout for the stadium, but James Franklin has actually called for a whiteout of essentially the entire town. So,
1: The entire I, town?
0: The entire town.
1: How do you—let me ask you a question. How do you feel about whiteouts? How do you feel about blackouts or grayouts whenever they do this little, this little S- thing in the stadium?
0: So I do really enjoy whiteouts. But I really do think it should be something that is reserved for games like this. I really don't like when they, like, I don't like the student whiteouts. I don't think it should be something that's repeated more than once a year. And I also don't think they should do it in a year where there's not a marquee game. Like, if Michigan State's your biggest home game that year and Michigan State is an average team, that shouldn't be a whiteout, in my opinion.
1: I got into a little bit of trouble with some of my Penn State friends a couple of weeks ago on our show when I talked about the Nebraska blackout that they had going on for one of their big night games. And my comment was really, you know, they declare the color out, whatever color it is, and everyone kind of carries on as if it's the 12th man. Now, I'm a fan of it. It's cool to be in the stadium when you've got the whole color out thing going on. And it definitely adds an aura of excitement. I just feel like, If you could always get that excitement, you should do it every game. It shouldn't just be for the big games and my friends came down on me and said that I sounded like an old crotchety sports radio host. That's not (laughs) my intention. I just wish we could tap into this more, especially at Penn State where you've got a huge 109,000 seat stadium and an electric fan base. If there was a way to tap into that excitement for every single game, can you imagine what kind of advantage that would give the team six, seven home games a year?
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, it's yeah. There's no reason why if you can get hyped up for a wideout, why you shouldn't be able to do it for every game. That yeah, that's interesting.
1: But 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 that being said, to your point, if they only declared it for one game a year, one big game a year, this would be the game to do it. I'd be fine with that plan. I'm fine with it in general. I just want to make sure it has an impact for the for the Nittany Lions in a positive way, and hopefully this weekend it will.
0: Yeah. Um, And then really, you you asked about um, other colors too. I don't, I think whiteouts are probably the coolest looking color for things like that. However, I will say from a purely visual standpoint, two years ago when Ohio State did the blackout, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago when Ohio State did the blackout and then Penn State in there with their away whites, I thought was really cool just color contrast personally.
1: Yeah, the whiteout to me is my absolute favorite to be part of because especially in a big stadium again like beaver stadium it pops man and especially on tv even if you're not there watching on tv that is a really cool scene
0: speaking of watching penn state on tv i assume you've done quite a bit of that this year so
1: uh yeah yep a little bit here and there
0: yeah so we're gonna take a quick look at before we jump into this week's game we're just gonna review the season so far this being finishing uh, penn state's bye week now um, had a chance to review right in the middle of the season. Obviously, the Penn State and the Lions are 6-0, and have rolled straight through with a slight hiccup against Iowa, but even in that game, they outgained them by like 400 yards, um, currently number two in the country. So from your perspective, have things pretty much gone according to plan?
1: According to the plan, yes. Insofar as they have not lost yet, and I think for the most part, Penn State's offense, and particularly defense, have answered the call. I still worry a little bit about the offensive line. I still worry a little bit about that offense achieving a next gear, which it feels to me like they have but haven't consistently shown yet. But that's really splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. If you look at what this team has done so far, uh, scoring points like crazy, maybe with the exception of that, game on the road at Iowa, but particularly on defense, I think you couldn't have asked for a better start to the 2017 season. So all things considered, I think a really positive start. We're going to find out now as we get into crunch time, Michigan next week at Ohio State following week at Michigan State. There's some ammo the next couple weeks that Penn State has to obviously use as its springboard to try and cement its spot in the playoff conversation. But to this point now, being 6-0, I think you got to be pretty happy with what's been out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and the one thing, though, that's interesting to me, I, I agree. I think they're pretty much on schedule. Um, like you said, the Iowa game was a little bit of a hiccup. But the thing that's interesting to me is what this offense has become. Because last year they were just the chuck it deep every chance you get offense and their explosiveness was off the charts. Efficiency was pretty average to below average, but this season, it's their offensive efficiency that's gotten the job done. And they still had big plays, but it hasn't come from big pass plays. It's come from really big run plays or short passes to Saquon Barkley that have been blocked up really well. And well, he's Saquon Barkley, so he can do special things. and But I still, whenever I hear people talking about Talking about Penn State, and it, granted, it's a function of them not watching every single snap because why would they if they're national type people? But it seems like the common thought about Penn State is, "Oh, well, they're still that just chuck a deep team that's gonna bite them eventually," which they're they're not anymore.
1: Well, it's funny you should say that. I'm wearing my Roar Lions Roar Deep State shirt <laughs> yes. right now as we're as we're recording this, and I'll tweet it out to give you guys some. Ah, uh, much deserved love because it's an awesome shirt. Oh, thank you. but you're you're right. You're right. If you look at you mentioned Bill Connolly was on with Bill. If you look at bill's s and p plus advanced metrics that we so dearly covet on our on our solid verbal podcast, statistically speaking, Penn State, in a passing sense, is sort of a middle-of-the-road team when it comes to explosiveness in the passing game. A year ago, that was not the case. A year ago, at least down the stretch, Penn State was throwing deep every play. Remember the Wisconsin game? Remember some of those games later in the year? They were heaving it. They're not heaving it so far this season to the same degree that they were, and I don't know if it's because Chris Godwin left or to what we attribute that slight statistical turn. But you're right. Efficiency has really been the calling card of this offense. Saquon Barkley finding ways to make plays after he's had good blocking in front of him. That's been really the calling card for this team so far through six games of the season. Will that change? I don't know. Part of me wonders if they've been sitting on a cache of plays that we haven't seen yet, and we're going to see it happen against Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. This team's going to continue rolling. But as each game goes on, I get a little less confident that there's something there that we're not seeing and just a a little bit more worried that this is as good as it's going to get, that we're not going to see flashes like we did a year ago. And it's going to be entirely dependent on that efficiency until it bites him in the butt. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a good offensive effort. Joe Moorhead has proven again that he knows how to make adjustments as needed in order to to move this team forward progress this offense forward but there is a pretty big part of me that yearns for deep state to come back from 2016
0: i agree i I think there's a chance that it does resurface as we get down the stretch here because we've we've seen a few different ways that defenses defenses have tried to stop penn state Uh, We saw Northwestern and Indiana basically completely sell out just to give everything to keep Saquon Barkley contained. We saw Iowa play bend bend but don't break and then turn into a steel wall in the red zone. Um, And then we, I mean, we don't really see much out of Pitt or Georgia State or Akron, though Pitt did an okay job of bottling up Saquon. So I feel like maybe as we go on, we'll kind of see a little regression in that sense. Maybe we'll see defense say, okay, we don't want McSorley to beat us or may, that opens things up for Saquon again and then once things open up for Saquon, that deep passing game opens up again. So that's the one thing that keeps me always feeling positive about this offense is they just have so many different ways they can go about moving the ball that even though I I agree, it's been slightly underwhelming after last year, at least in the big play sense. Um, I think it's I think it's possible that there's still a little bit more there that hasn't quite been tapped into. But one of the things that has absolutely been tapped into on this team so far is Saquon Barkley. Um I was I have written in my notes here to ask you who you think the biggest star from the first half is, but that's not even a question. It's the Heisman from yeah. <laughs> sure. He's he's so incredible. Everything he's dominated in the passing game, he's dominated not dominated, but he's done very well in the rushing game. He's returned a kick for a touchdown. He's thrown a touchdown pass. Is there anything this man cannot do?
1: No, I don't think so. I I mean, he threw a pass. Didn't he throw a pass yep, earlier yep. in the year? I mean, he's done pretty much everything. And I've said it on our show, James Franklin is sort of using Saquon Barkley the way you or I would use the best player in our NCAA 14 dynasty back Absolutely. in the day. When you had a 99 overall, you would just find creative ways to use him. Part of the fun of the game was trying to win the Heisman Trophy. And so you'd put that guy back to return kicks and punts. You'd put him in there at, uh, as a slot receiver. You'd put him in your backfield. You'd have him throw an occasional pass. You'd do whatever you could to utilize his skill set. And from that standpoint, that's been part of why Saquon's been so much fun this year. The moves are special. I haven't seen moves like this since Barry Sanders or Reggie Bush. Obviously, the statistics are there. There's so much that he brings to the table just from a a statistical standpoint but his versatility to me has really been uh, the unsung hero of his state of play here in 2017 just the way they've used him has been so much fun
0: yeah it's like you guys say on the show he's he's the game genie that's what he is it's it's pretty incredible to watch um but yeah he's he's amazing um but he's the easy one to talk about who's your biggest unsung hero of the first half for this team
1: So I guess I sort of have two answers. If I want to punt and be overly broad with my answer, I think the answer would be the Penn State defense. And I say the defense because, quite honestly, when you think of Penn State, kind of on the heels of our previous discussion, right? People think offense. People think deep state. They think the big passing game, the exciting passing game. But this real, real, real defense Real quick, has let's been, go.
0: Let's go back in time four years and tell ourselves that just to <laughs> Penn State's. Yeah, not right. For their passing game, not their defense.
1: No, no, exactly. But think of how things have flipped in such a short period of time now with Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley and what we saw in the passing game a year ago. I feel like, given where we're at, people think Penn State, and that's what they think of. But in reality, this is a defense that has been lights out all season long, that has answered the call all season long, according to, again, the s p Plus defensive measures. This is the eighth best defense in the country. You can make a very good case to me that they're even better than that. They are absolutely the safety net for this offense as it tries to get to that next gear that I think we, we both believe is hiding somewhere. So at least from a PR standpoint, I think the unsung hero is, is probably your defense here. Just with the way that they've played. If I am forced to pick a player, um, I you know, I'm a big fan of Mike Kasecki. I've always been, but I don't know if he's so unsung at this point. People know about Mike Kasecki. Yeah, that's um, great. it's probably going a step too far to say hero for Jawan Johnson, but I'm gonna throw him in the conversation. Not not enough people talk about him being. Tied for the most targets on this team. He's only got one touchdown on the year, but he's come up with some really big plays when he's had to and help bail this offense out. I really like him moving forward. He's still young. He's obviously a big-bodied receiver at 6'4", 225-ish. I think he's going to have a chance to learn and grow and be a bigger part of this offense, not only in the years to come, but now as we get into... The real thick of the matter here for Penn State as they get to some of their to the, some of their bigger games.
0: Yeah, it seems like they've really made an effort to get him more involved recently too. I think he's had at least six catches in the past two games, um, and you mentioned his touchdown. Of course, that one touchdown was the buzzer beater against Iowa. So yep. yeah, Juwan Johnson's been very important. Uh, I think also we'd be remiss here if we did not mention the lovely Blake Gillikin because his punting oh is yeah yeah just unreal. It's unreal. He has something like like an 80.2-something percentage of his punts have either landed and stayed inside the 20 or have been fair caught. Um, And, of course, the punt coverage unit has also been outstanding um, to pair with that. So really the whole punting unit has been unbelievable. So with all those things in mind, has your outlook on this season, and maybe this has something to do with the teams around Penn State as well, but has your outlook on the season changed from where it was in the preseason?
1: No, I, I don't think it's changed. To be honest. I think um, what's changed is are the pieces around Penn State? Like, Michigan's actually a really good example, because at the start of the year, I think folks were a lot higher on Michigan than they are now. Now obviously they've got the, the injury at quarterback to Wilton Spade, and John O'Corn's been hit or miss. Defense is still there, but just as a whole, I don't get the sense that people are as high. On Michigan, as they were at the start of the year, um, that's a big piece. Obviously, a very big piece that can impact the direction of Penn State's season. So the 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 situation around Penn State has changed in the Big Ten, um, and I think just in terms of the team that's out there, maybe beyond just waiting for that next gear of offense to become a little bit more consistent. I can't say that anything I've seen has has shocked me too much so far. I want to see more higher-level play from Trace McSorley. And I know that's (laughs) probably splitting hairs because he's got a 13-4 to to touchdown-to-interception ratio, completing something like 67% of his passes. He's still been really good for Penn State. But again, part of me has that vision from a year ago, and I'm comparing everything to that. He may well get there. Lord knows it took him to the second half of the year last year to truly ascend to that level. But um, if, again, I'm splitting hairs and if anything is falling short of expectations, it, it really is that passing game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you mentioned, the Michigan Wolverines, they're step one for Penn State here as we move to the second half of the season. And if Penn State's going to keep those um, admittedly very high and lofty expect, expectations from the preseason. Um, kind of under control. Step one is going to be beating Michigan. Penn State takes on Michigan this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, in Beaver Stadium. It will be their first game back after the bye. And like you said, something's wrong with Michigan. What What is going yeah. on with the Wolverines?
1: They've got no offense. They They can't throw. If you look at their stats, they're not. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind here, but they're just they're a bad passing team to say the least and in terms of running the football which is i think what they want to do teams are able to key on the run really truly key on the run and even a team like in indiana indiana's plucky right we we all remember the penn state indiana game the score made that one look uh a lot more of a blowout than it actually was they you know fought penn state but yeah, I, I I look at that game between Michigan and Indiana. That's a game where Michigan was able to really just assert its dominance and, and run like crazy. And still, it, it almost wasn't enough to give them enough separation here. You know, Karan Higdon rushed for 200 yards, but even still, that's a game that went to overtime. And Penn State was lucky to emerge from that game victorious. It just seems to me like... Everyone knows what they want to do, and even in a case where they're able to do it effectively, they're not getting the kind of separation you'd need to feel truly confident about this team in in almost any situation. Michigan State's another example. In the Michigan State game, um, you know, maybe got a little bit more out of the passing game, but ultimately we knew what they wanted to do and they just, they're not able to get it done against a better defense. They're not able to get get it done against a better offense it's just a a 14 to 10 blase kind of effort a blase loss so just across the board that's my sense for michigan their offense is not good enough to get the kind of separation that you or i would want if we were a michigan fan to be all that comfortable with them week in and week out defensively they're they're fine they're going to be good i think they'll challenge penn state along the defensive line they've got a lot of ballers up front that that will be the biggest challenge for Penn state. But beyond that on offense, there's just not a whole lot that can really scare you.
0: Yeah. It's funny when I think back to just the conversation surrounding Michigan before the year, there was obviously there's a ton of focus on the guys they lost since they lost essentially an entire team due to graduation and the NFL draft. But it seemed like most of the commentary in that regard was surrounding their defense. And while it was acknowledged that they were losing their top three receivers and, um, t- Jake Butt, the tight end, it, it feels like we almost kind of we as a college football society almost overlooked a little bit that what they were losing on offense and how that would impact them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I uh, There was definitely a big assumption being made that Jim Harbaugh would just find a way to piece it all together. But there, there was a whole lot of turnover on this team. Again, defensively, they're fine. They're very good defensively. But on offense, yeah, it's taken a little bit to piece this thing back together. They get the injury at quarterback. They're pretty talented at running back, but, um, it, you know, the offensive line, maybe not as good as people had hoped, which means they're not able to get as much um, out of the running game as they would need to truly be a contender in the Big Ten East. Uh, and that's not even to mention the passing game, which we could talk about till we're blue in the face they're they're not able to protect their quarterback the way they need to yeah it's just it's it's got a lot of the hallmarks of a team that is quasi rebuilding along the offensive side of things and people aren't ready to admit it because they're a a blue collar team like like Michigan and typically we're used to them being a lot better
0: yeah absolutely so in that line of thinking this seems like it should be a fairly straightforward win for Penn State not that it will be not that it will be a cakewalk because Michigan like you said still a fantastic defense still some really talented pieces on offense even if they're not putting it all together right this second but Penn State really just does look like the better team right now they look like the more complete team Uh, they're definitely the more experienced team now which is a nice little flip of the script from last year So in order for Penn State to win this game, what has to go right?
1: Well, first off, they can't beat themselves. They can't give Michigan a short field because it's a good defense out there. This is a defense that, that wants to turn you over, that wants to get after the quarterback, that I think will give Penn State its biggest challenge to date in the trenches up front because, again, they've got some players that can make a difference. So first and foremost, I think they have to find a way. Joe Moorhead, it's incumbent on him to find a way to mitigate some of the artillery Michigan brings in its front seven. Beyond that, I think a lot's going to fall back on on this Penn State defense. If they can put the offense in a position where, uh, you know, they're not giving up big plays on the ground, they're not taking unnecessary risks in the passing game and getting burnt deep on on big plays if they're really able to play conservatively on defense bend but don't break and turn michigan over enough to give a short field to the offense i think that's what it comes down to i don't know if it's any more complicated than that my worry is just that penn state's going to find itself in another one of these games like iowa where They're not able to figure out defense until, or figure out their opposing defense until it's too late, and the game's a little bit closer than it should be. But beyond that, beyond that, Nick, Penn State is far and away the better team here. They they should be able to outscore Michigan, provided they don't shoot themselves in the foot.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things you mentioned about field position that has secretly been pretty much the key to Penn State's whole season because the punting game, the offensive efficiency, the defensive dominance, all of that kind of coalesces into great starting field position for your offense and great starting field position for your defense. And that's one of the reasons that they've been able to beat teams so handily. And that's kind of the reason that I feel pretty confident against Mission going into this game, or at least as confident as I can feel against a fellow top 20 team. Um, I, I think that Penn State's ability to pin teams deep and their defense's ability to force turnovers. I know before the bye week, I believe they led the nation in turnovers. Not sure where they're standing now. Um, but I just, all those factors just are really good matchups for Penn state against Michigan. Um, yeah. Michigan. Yeah, def- yeah. Yeah. yeah offensive no, line is not a great matchup for Penn state's offensive line, but yeah, the field position thing is big.
1: That that's what worries me. Defensive line against offensive line, but you're, <laughs> you're hitting some key points. Turnover margin, Penn State, I believe, is sixth in the nation. That's a pretty good number. And in terms of field position, I want to say there's something like third nationally and— they're they're up there. Third nationally on offense and first nationally on defense. And that's really, again, an advanced measure of are you winning the field position battle uh, when you're playing defense, when you're punting it deep— how well are you doing at, uh, you know, just controlling the line of scrimmage? And so far, Penn State's done extremely well. What they don't want to do is give Michigan short fields. Mm-hmm. That's what they can't do. If they, as long as they don't do that, they should be fine. This is is this a Michigan team that's going to drive 90 yards on you consistently against a really good Penn State defense? I don't think so. Absolutely if they're pinned, not. if they're pinned deep all game inside their own 30-yard line. How many points are they They're going to score 14 14 to 17 points tops against this Penn State defense? I don't want to jinx it, but if you look at what's going on so far this season, that's the kind of game we're headed for. Uh, So again, just don't shoot yourself in the foot. That's so often the key to a game, but uh, I think provided they play smart football and just kind of be patient out there. This is a game that should ultimately bear itself out quite nicely for Penn State, especially at home at night in the whiteout.
0: Now, we're recording this, tie before your recording of this week's episode of the preview show for Solid Verbal. So this may be jumping the gun a little bit for you personally, but what is your prediction for this game? I don't have the line in front of me. Um, we typically don't
1: have yeah. the
0: lines for this. Um, so just, I mean, gut feeling. What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: yeah the lines are about ten. It opened higher around twelve, and it it came down pretty quick. i I would be inclined to say Penn State by seven or eight points somewhere in that range. I could see this being a kind of game that is pretty tight throughout. it It's one of those games where it feels like Penn State's on the brink of breaking something, and it isn't until later, maybe early in the fourth quarter when they when they actually do. Just because of the Michigan defensive line being such an equalizer here, Penn State's defense is going to be fine. They're going to be able to shut down, shut down Michigan's offense, but I think it takes a while until Penn State's able to get enough separation. Something like 24-17, 24-16 to me feels about right, but maybe a closer one-score game that feels throughout like Penn State has pretty good control.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. My prediction right now is sitting somewhere like t- 27-17. Um, 24-17 there's another one that popped into my head as well. I agree. I think, I think Penn State is clearly the better team here, but Michigan is still too good and too well coached to let a game get away from them um, in an environment like this in such a big game for them. Um, as we know, the the Michigan-Penn State, the Penn State-Ohio State, and the Michigan-Ohio State games basically decide the Big Ten East at this point. So it's, it's too big of a stage, I think, for Harbaugh to have his team just completely uh, lay an egg. So I, I expect Michigan to play it close, but I do think Penn State is able to win. I think there's an outside shot that they cover, but I think one-score game feels just about right here.
1: Yeah, and something that should not be overlooked and never should be overlooked in college football, I, you know James Franklin's done a really good job the last two years uh, building this team up very quickly from the ground, making them a national power. I still feel like Jim Harbaugh is the better coach at the end of the I think day, that's fair. and it, most people would agree with that, right? Yeah, I yeah. am always a little bit hesitant to overlook a coaching matchup that feels to me like it's it's pretty strongly in favor of Harbaugh that stands for something in college football and in the case where you've got a double digit point spread against a really good defense in Michigan you will see that coaching matchup play itself out in the form of like three points to keep this one within the point spread like that that's where you're going to see it in a game like this which is probably why I'm I'm right now leaning 24 17 24 16 something inside that 10 point 10 point window
0: yeah that's fair um I think personally I don't really see it as James Franklin versus Jim Harbaugh as much as I see it as Jim Harbaugh and Dom Brown against Joe Moorhead and Brent Pry, which I think equalizes it a little bit more um I I don't think we're Saying anything unreasonable at this point, when we say James Franklin is a CEO, we know that he's he's the face of the program. He's the recruiter, not as much um, not as much involved in play calling as a guy like Jim Harbaugh is. So, um, yeah, but I think that's fair. Coaching in big games, absolutely, we've seen it play a big role before, and wouldn't be surprising to see it play a big role on Saturday night. But the other thing that we need to talk about before we close the book on this game and move on to our look at the Big Ten real quick, is College Game Day. Yeah. Now, a lot of Penn State fans are still really, really bitter um, towards ESPN just thinking about the coverage of the scandal and how it went down, and we're not here to talk about the scandal, because we are never here to talk about the scandal. No, never. Never, never, never. But... College game day as it is is still a really divisive issue among penn state fans there' been a, there's been a faction of the fan base that has been calling for it for the last two years while the other faction of the fan base has been basically ready to guard the gates of state college with t- torches and pitchforks to keep ESPN out. I wrote a post this morning about how great of a thing it is for college football for Penn State to have college game day come to campus and um you can go over to Roaralinesword.com and read that, but I wanna hear your opinion. Do you think this is a good thing for Penn State? I mean, it's I, I really I personally I really don't see many downsides.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a rhetorical question, to be honest. I mean, look, if you're a Penn State football fan, you know full well where this program has been in the last decade. And it wasn't in a good spot very recently was in a very, very bad spot where we're questioning, like, is it going to take 20 years to rebuild this program, get it back to prominence? All of a sudden, Penn State's here. Penn State's two in the nation. They could have been in the playoff a year ago. They could have won the Rose Bowl. This is a program that is very much on the rise and in an exciting place. If you are a fan of that team, I can't understand the logic behind not wanting as much press as humanly possible. That is something that will only benefit the football program, not just in the current season by making voters and media members aware of what's going on with this football team, but also in recruiting down the road in all sorts of things that can help buoy this program more and more and more and more in the coming days and weeks and years. That's the kind of thing that you should be rooting for. If you're a real college football fan of any team, if you've got a grudge with ESPN, or any other media entity, that's fine. But college game day is not going to be the thing that hurts your football program. It can only help moving forward. If you're a fan, you need more of that. I'm sorry. So if you're if you're rooting against this, if you've got an ax to grind, that's fine. Do it on your own time. But don't get in the way of a program that is trying to rebuild itself and in the way of a bunch of kids who are out there having a lot of fun playing football. Don't Don't get in the way of that Please allow that to flourish and just be, be a curmudgeon on your own time.
0: Boom. I have nothing else to add to that. That is, yes, perfect. Um, so moving on, as college football game day will discuss, the Big Ten slate this week is eh, not a lot going on. Um, Ohio State's on the bye, so obviously there's one big team there that won't be in the conversation. But really quickly, We'll run through the games on the schedule, say if they interest you. If so, why? And then we'll move on to our final segment, which is going to be a lot of fun. So 12 o'clock noon, we have Maryland visiting visiting, visiting number five Wisconsin. Is there much reason to watch this game?
1: Much reason to watch? Probably not. One thing I'll add, though, is that the Wisconsin offense is a thing to monitor moving forward. It has not been much to look at beyond Jonathan Taylor, their tailback. We know him as Jonathan Taylor tailback on the solid verbal outside of him. it has truly been unspectacular to the degree that Dan Rubenstein, my beloved co-host on the show, has started referring to Michigan and Wisconsin as the same team, the same entity, Wisconsin, Because truly, it has been all defense and scant offense, to say the least. So I don't think Maryland's good enough to beat Wisconsin. Maybe good enough to rip off a few big running plays here and there. But I would say, to a larger degree, maybe just monitor that Wisconsin offense. Because if it keeps going well for Penn State, that's the likely opponent in the Big Ten championship game.
0: yep, I agree. i I am worried about Wisconsin's offense in, in a sense that I don't think they're very good. And I think they should be better. but Maryland's just too one dimensional right now. I don't think they have they they'll get some big rounds, like you said, but it no won't be quite enough. Uh, yeah, and also, they're they're
1: hurt. I mean, they're on like their eighteenth string quarterback at this point. Yep. they're they're really nicked up. DJ Durkin is building something at Maryland, and I think we'll see that before long, but this is not the year.
0: Yep, agreed. Um, also at 12 noon, Iowa visits Northwestern in a battle of teams that just seem to be teetering on the brink of moving up to a maybe an upper middle class of the Big Ten. Um, I... Obviously, Penn State's played both of these teams. I think I was the better team here, even at Northwestern. I just feel like I haven't seen enough from Northwestern, um, and there's also—actually, I guess that was two weeks ago. Patty Fisher is back now. Oh boy, bye week, bye week screws with you. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was good enough to go into Evanston and get a win here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Northwestern's been really bad at running the football this year. Yep. Really demonstrably bad at running the football, and. Yeah, on top of that, they haven't gotten, I think, the level of play from Clayton Thorson, their quarterback, that they would have won. He's got like nine interceptions on the year. He's got more picks than touchdowns. They need to get more from their offense if they want to beat a team like Iowa, which isn't spectacular at all, but is still pretty fundamentally sound and almost beat Penn State. So right now, I think this is a pick pick 'em. if I looked at the correct point spread, and I would also be inclined to go Iowa.
0: Yeah. Um, 12 noon, this – so I, I dubbed last week's Rutgers-Illinois game the matchup of the century in the Big Ten. Um, this game, the uh, Purdue at Rutgers at 12 noon would have been, but now Purdue's just too good now. They're ruining the rivalry. Jeff Brom is doing amazing things for Purdue, though. I think this – I know you said – Um, early on your recap show, you put in an early lock, or maybe not a lock, but you said Purdue minus anything. I agree. I is so much better than Rutgers.
1: Yeah, don't sleep on Purdue. I don't think Purdue's, uh, you know, on the precipice of breaking through as like an eight and four team or anything crazy. But at a minimum, it's a well-coached team and they're playing hard. And from that perspective, Nick, I am inclined to say that they are very undervalued as just a betting entity, something that you can bet on if you're into such things in the college football world. I am I am pretty bullish on Purdue this week, minus eight, on the road at Rutgers, which isn't a tough place to play if people show up for the Purdue game at all. Uh, well coached. They're going to continue to improve over the next couple of seasons for as long as Jeff Brom is there. And I think undeniably the favorite should be a bigger favorite this week against Rutgers.
0: Quick side note. How long do you think Jeff Brom is going to stay?
1: That's a good question. That's a good question. I, uh, it could be an interesting coaching carousel this year.
0: Yeah.
1: And one season at Purdue is definitely not enough to earn him a top flight job, which is, I think where he's eventually going to end up. Perhaps he's inclined to stay at Purdue longer than I think, but I it, I think at least three years he'll be there before you know. You'll probably if it keeps going well, and if next season builds on what we're seeing in 2017, you will likely start hearing rumors about him going elsewhere. If that happens, I don't think it'll be until until year three. Fair enough.
0: Three thirty. The Indiana Hoosiers visit the number 18-ranked Michigan State Spartans. That would be the number 18, one number higher than Michigan. Indiana and Michigan State, I I don't think Michigan State is very good.
1: I'm all think, in on Indiana.
0: Yeah, I think Indiana, they, I mean, we know by now that Indiana has mastered the three-and-a-half-quarter upset, but I, I, I know they beat Michigan State last year. It turned out to not mean much, but... I think I think Indiana can do this
1: I don't like Michigan State at all. I think they are overrated at eighteenth I think five and one's a bit of a mirage. I watched the Notre Dame game very closely. They were never even close to Notre Dame in that game. It could be that Notre Dame's really good and we only saw a one point loss against Georgia as like our our litmus test and a bunch of games against some other teams that um, don't end up being that great but I am wholly unimpressed with Michigan State. I think Indiana's defense is probably good enough to hold down this offense. They're very one-dimensional. They want to run the football, and they haven't been all that good at doing it so far this season. Maybe save for for what we saw last week. So it'll probably be a tight game. I do think Indiana has the offense to beat them here, even though it's on the road. So I'm going to go Indiana outright.
0: Also at 3:30, the final Big Ten game of the week: Illinois visiting Minnesota. Gross.
1: Yeah, yuck, yuck. I I guess I guess we go Minnesota here because Illinois is pretty bad. I'm not as high on Minnesota as I as I think some people are now. And and that's not to say anyone's out there saying eight four Minnesota. No one's out there saying that. But I this is a more flawed team than than met the eye earlier in the year, and it's going to be an ugly game. They'll beat Illinois. I just don't make a whole lot of of the Gophers right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's really to be high on about Minnesota other than the fact that they play in the Big Ten West. Um, Well, they play in the Big
1: Ten West, so they've got a favorable schedule, but also they've got this new high-energy coach. He's got guys who are playing hard. They're playing hard. I think they're plucky as they've been the last couple seasons, but there's just not enough talent, not enough consistency there to truly feel good about them in almost any situation
0: yeah I agree, and now, Ty, it is time for the one the only real pen live comment game. Now, I have not played this game with anybody in quite a while, so this is this is a big moment for the podcast. The return yeah. to our most glorious segment, and we have a really, really special surprise for the very first question to tip things off for his own personal safety. We're going to keep him completely anonymous. But we have the man behind the curtain, the proprietor of Real Pen Live comments on Twitter here to present the Whoa. very first question for you to decipher whether it is a real comment or a fake comment.
1: You set that up like it was gonna be Jim Comey on the line, but uh, <laughs> this is even better to be honest with you. We've got the real Sir, I'm I'm in the presence of a god. Hello.
0: Hello. Uh let's let's see if I can get you. Okay. So, all right, here we go. Stay away from State College and do your arrogant, bloviating show from Bristol. ESPN is toxic and poisonous to, you, to those with any common sense.
1: That's got to be a real comment.
0: You got it. That is yes. a real comment. Indeed.
1: <laughs>
0: all right. The keyword key
1: was bloviating. That's, that's a Pennsylvania word right there. <laughs>
0: All right, awesome. So one for one. So, sir, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time out. Yeah, no problem. Good luck in the rest of the game.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> very nice to uh, virtually All right. meet you.
0: <laughs> All right, take care. See ya. All right, see you later. All right, so with that in the books, Ty starting off a hot one for one with a comment see, from the man see, himself. Here,
1: here, here's the thing, okay? I don't know how many non-Pennsylvania people you've had a chance to have play this game. But hmm. if you are from Pennsylvania or went to Penn State, you're at like an eighty percent higher likelihood of getting these correct because there are keywords, there are just there are things that people in this world say that might not be obvious to people on the outside. But I feel I feel very confident about my chances here.
0: You know, that's fair. Now that I think about it, I think the worst contestant we've had was our good friend Peter Burks who, of course, um, I believe he's originally from Buffalo as well. I know he lives up there now. Um, and as I think the only person who's gotten a better score than you, um, Roar Lines Roar's own Dan Smith, is actually from the Philadelphia area. So that's interesting. I had not thought about that.
1: Well, Dan Smith but... cheats. Everyone knows that. We've been talk- <laughs> talking about it on Twitter for months. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> but the only way to really prove this is true or not is to go through the remaining six questions we have here. So, question number okay. two. Would Franklin leaving be a bad thing? Morehead may not be the recruiter that old Jimmy One Finger is, but he is the brains of the operation. That's fake. Sir, that is a real comment. Whoa!
1: Jimmy One... Somebody came up with Jimmy One Finger on a comment Jimmy thread? Jimmy
0: One... Jimmy One Finger.
1: What does I that believe, even mean?
0: I believe... I well, it's a reference to how he t- holds, up his, holds up the one in every picture he takes. I believe it was in the first round that you played actually that I actually pulled that out as and used it in a fake comment that I think you caught wind of. So you're you're one for two on Jimmy Onefinger.
1: Jimmy Onefinger. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good for them. Yeah. I,
0: I, I don't see. It seems like Penn Live comments have been a little more rational lately with Penn State winning. It's understandable. So I haven't seen Jimmy Onefinger as much but I believe it is still a cult favorite among those fellows
1: I might have jinxed the whole damn thing now by talking about being (laughs) from Pennsylvania (laughs) and Dan Smith cheating and yeah okay give me me number three here let's go
0: alright you are one for two The next comment James Fraudlin to Texas fine (laughs) by me give me someone who actually coaches instead of just recruiting
1: oh no that's fake
0: ah yes that is fake
1: they James Fraudlin, James Fra- though. James Fraudlin. Read that one again. That was good. <laughs>
0: fraudlin to Texas? Fine by me. Give me someone who actually coaches instead of just recruiting.
1: The one thing that you can't get being uh, on the other end of this game is the grammar of said comment. Yes. And yes. the spelling mistakes. That would be a dead giveaway.
0: Absolutely.
1: But, uh, yeah, okay. So, two. Two what? Two and one so far. Two yep. two and one. Two
0: two and one. Yep, that is. Okay. I will say that is the one struggle of find. I, it it really is a challenge to find comments and make comments that can get over the grammar and spelling hump that really really makes the account what it is. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, two for three. Question number four. They haven't played anyone yet. I wish they would schedule Alabama and USC for non-conference games.
1: Ooh! Read that one again please Wow
0: They haven't played anyone yet I wish they would schedule Alabama and USC For non-conference games
1: I'm gonna say fake
0: That is a real comment
1: Oh no
0: You're losing it now
1: Oh man I've what, lost what it. Made
0: you, what made you think it was fake? Out of curiosity,
1: Penn State fans aren't usually the ones saying that they haven't played anybody yet, and there aren't a whole lot of non-Penn State fans looking at Penn Live comments. <laughs> this is true. Usually, it's usually it's a lot of angry Joe Paterno holdovers that are leaving these comments. So, typically, for them to say they haven't played anybody, I would expect that to be fake. But wow, okay, we've got someone who's very angry. Very angry on the comment thread.
0: (laughs) Alright, two for four. Question number five. It'll be sweet to route BEH, booger-eating Harbaugh, and embarrass him (laughs) like they did to us last year.
1: Booger-eating Harbaugh. Yep. Wow. I'm gonna go fake again. That
0: one's real wow yeah
1: Jimmy one figure booger eating Harbaugh
0: yeah I, I'd i like to were think... they all
1: spelled correctly
0: um this one spells route R-O-U-T but yeah. the rest is spelled correctly <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no I, li- I like to think that the inner recesses of my mind would be able to come up with booger eating Harbaugh on my own but sad- sadly they, they cannot okay all two, right, for so that, three, two, two for two for five. Five, yeah. This is this is we're getting in danger zone here. Jesus. Next one. I hope ESPN knows what's good for them and decides not to show up on Saturday.
1: Okay. See now, I've gone fake. I've gone fake a bunch of times here. That to me does not feel like it's enough hot fire to be in the comment thread. So I am going to again say fake.
0: You are correct. That is a fake okay. comment. Alright, yeah. back
1: back at five hundred now.
0: Alright. This is the this is the question that decides it then. We're at three for six. Whew. This is the final one. Alright. If they don't put game day on old main, what's the point? This is the only school in the conference that puts academics first. Show it off.
1: I mean, that's totally on brand for a true comment right there.
0: Uh see it is, but that is a fake comment. Fake
1: Wow, you really brought the fire here.
0: I worked I worked hard on these. Yeah, this was this was my lunch break today.
1: See, the education angle is mm. totally a real pen live <laughs> comment. Anything oh, relating to like he should be studying more and worrying less about his ah, I don't know, home run ceremony after they score <laughs> a touch. Things along those lines. Anything that relates to academics before football is a hundred percent on brand for this community so i am disappointed in myself but i am always excited that's a really bad showing i jinxed myself i had that coming
0: (laughs) well i i think this just means that we'll have to have you on and have another round again at some point
1: yeah let me know know. like can we do it next week can i come back next week (laughs) and like redeem myself
0: there was one week I actually called one into the reverb line. I think I think Taylor put it in towards the beginning, so maybe, maybe I'll do that again this week.
1: That sounds delightful. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so, oh, wow, really disappointing way to end the show with a 3 for 7. I know. But... Just
1: uh, hopefully this isn't indicative of what's going to happen this weekend or <laughs> in the remainder of the season for Penn State.
0: Absolutely. Um, for myself Nick Pollock joined by Ty Hildenbrand thank you as always for listening thanks to Ty for coming on Um, you can find us Roar Lions Radio on Google Play SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts whatever it's called now probably something else that we're not totally aware that we're on but I'm sure we're there Um, make sure you find the solid verbal on literally every single podcast host you could possibly find including Spotify which is really cool
1: um, yeah, by can, the way, Spotify, oh, yeah. Spotify required me to sign away my firstborn to get on their network. <laughs> so if you've got Spotify and would like to listen there, that would be delightful. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're not listening to the Solid Verbal by now, I don't know. We basically pimp it out every single week. So I don't know what you're doing if you're not there already. Um, you can find us on oh, Facebook. Oh, thank you. Yeah, always, of course. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, um, all those places you can also find Solid Verbal. You can also find them on their website at just solidverbal.com, I believe. Yep. Yep. And if you are a web developer, Ty, I don't know if you're still looking for this, but Ty is looking for some help to rebuild the website if you're interested. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. I, I know how to do it. I know how to do it myself, but God. Gosh, it's it's so hard to find the time. So I'm um, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking for some help.
0: All right, there you go. So drop Ty on if you're interested in that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Follow Solid Verbal on Facebook. Head to over to Store Lion's Store. You can find that through our website to buy any of our wonderful shirts. Ty and I are both wearing our deep shirt, deep state shirts right now, and they're quite lovely as always. Um, can't recommend them enough. Uh, We don't have a sale going currently. We did if you you just missed it, if you're just hearing this now, but we'll probably have one again soon because Penn State's going to beat the piss out of Michigan and we're going to be super happy and we're going to probably do something fun as a result. Once again, for myself, Nick Polak, for Ty Hildenbrandt, thank you for joining us, Ty, as always.
1: Take care. Thank you.
0: And everybody else, make sure if you're at the game on Saturday, be loud, be proud, wear white, and go State.